Wicked Grounds. Recorded live at Wicked Grounds Cafe, San Francisco. And welcome to the second part of the Suzy Q Wicked Grounds podcast, uh, Coffee Talk. Um, coffee talk. Coffee talk. Uh, my name is Ryan or Psycho Kitty. Uh, this place is all my fault. Wicked Grounds Cof- Kinky Coffee Shop in San Francisco, and I am joined with my co-host. Hello, this is Rubik. And joining us is the ever lovely, talented mermaid of the Horcast. Um, I'm Susie Q. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you under the bus. I know like that. you were like, like of. I, do I say my name? Do I say my podcast say my name? name? Say my name. I don't even know. Ah! <laughs> Hi. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, so for those of us listening to the raw feed right now, it's only been a few minutes, but otherwise, it's, if you've been rec- joining us on the recording, thanks for coming back as we delve into the second hour of Suzy Q. Coffee with Suzy Q. And uh, as we said, it's, this is what it takes for me to do to have, to have coffee with you. I know. It's terrible. Sorry. You're busy, busy, busy. I'm a busy body. Um, yes, that's but true. I got a question for you. Tell me. So we, we've covered... Uh, Last we chatted, oh so long ago, we talked a lot about uh, your professional life. Mm-hmm. What's your nerd life? What's, <laughs> what's you watching? What's you reading? Oh man! I mean, um, we know about. I, we happen to know a little bit about that. You might have some passing <laughs> curiosity and interest in uh, Game of Thrones. I know, along with the rest of the world, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> not Enough. that original. I, I'm not a uh, a book reader. I'm a I'm a show watcher. I, I know that because I'm a, a loyal listener to. <laughs> Winter is coming on your face. Yay, that makes me so happy. You know, when you first start a podcast, it's like, I hope people are listening. I hope they like it. I hope they like me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, you can see you've got a live feed going on. We have people like tweeting questions and stuff. We haven't had any of that. We've just been like, here is our podcast. I hope that you... It's like sending a message in a bottle. Yeah, like like you're on top of a a hill waving a flag Mm -hmm. going, look at me, look at me. Totally. We've got big dreams, though. Um, But yeah, my nerd life is uh, very entrenched in um, Game of Thrones right now. not saying that you have to have a nerd life. I'm just... Right. No, no, no. I I, I know you well enough to know that you have a nerd (laughs) life. I have a pretty active nerd life. I'm not Um, non-nerd shaming. No, of course. Of course. Thank you. Um, You do listen. You do listen to the (laughs) podcast. Oh, gosh. That makes me so fucking happy. Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) Gee whiz. Um, I just like having your voice in my ears. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Um, I like to make funny voices, and I'm glad mm-hmm. I have um, a platform, two platforms now to, to do that. That's really that's really the thing. I mean, yeah. sex worker rides, Game of Thrones, whatever. It's really just an excuse for me to make funny voices. Um, but my nerd life is pretty exciting right now. Um, a, you know, starting the podcast, but also <laughs> I identify it as one of the nerdiest things about me. I am really into this strange comic world called ElfQuest. Oh, God. <laughs> so... I've it's about elves who ride wolves. Just not all of them ride wolves. Not all of them. Some I, of them ride elk. Some of them uh, fly. Some the, of them the swim. high ones in the castle. I, you know. Oh God! I wrote I, <laughs> freshman year English composition. I wrote a you know we were learning how to write, and so I wrote the subject of Elf Quest, and I got I failed. What? I failed because I used the word Holt without explaining it, and he thought I was I was misspelling words. I tried to I pulled comic books out and showed him like the place where the wolves and the wolf riders fucking live, live. in the beautiful it's tree that house. was shaped by a fucking red tanner. God, and, duh! And he said you should have put it in parentheses or like, footnotes or something. You're like you should know, English teacher. God, Christian, he was a Christian brother. I went to an all male Catholic high school. 
He didn't like my. That explains so much. <laughs> he did, he didn't like my uh, comparison of Silver Surfer and Green Lantern either. <laughs> what was your comparison of Silver Surfer and Green Lantern? I don't know a ton okay. about uh, b- both of those characters. Well, so we tell do me. have to get back to Elfquest. Okay, we do. We do. Um, so Silver Surfer is a Marvel character who. Uh, Basically, right. his planet was about to be destroyed he's by... He's a total alien. He's a total alien. Yeah. He's a total alien. No. My <clears throat> but his planet was about to be destroyed, mm-hmm. and he basically got his planet spared by making a deal with Galactus, the giant anthropomorphic planet-eating hunger, uh-huh. and goes out and finds planets for him. But he's got the Force Cosmic, which allows him to pretty much turn his imagination to do stuff with his imagination to make it real. Like reading Rainbow? Um, more solid than Reading Rainbow. More solid. I know. Silver, right? Yeah. Well, Green Lantern, who there's many, there's a whole core of them. It's like it's an international intergalactic police force, which is powered by uh, willpower, and you know Hal Jordan being the most prominent one, the first big. Well, he wasn't the first one. You have uh, Silver Age. But before I get too geek into this, um, Rise Day, Blackest Night, New Evil Shall Escape My Sight, Let Those Who Worship Evils Might Beware My Power, Green Lantern's Light. Not into Green Lantern at all. Um, their p- main power Their main power is they have a ring that allows them to focus their willpower and their imagination into constructed items of energy that okay. active solved. So it's like they had very, I saw them, you know, yeah, high, school same, Ryan, different. high School Ryan saw them as having like the same power but just different manifested differently yeah and I've always I, I admit I've always wanted that uh, that power of my imagination made physical please I mean isn't that all anyone wants that's like mm. what writing is about that's what you know starting a business is about yeah. it's our imaginations be- becoming I mean, a thing yeah and and so that was the big comparison and I did better on that one than I did because I wasn't using words that the teacher the professor didn't know but right totally I wonder if I'm not going to call him out on it in this one, but um, <laughs> but yes. So ElfQuest. ElfQuest. So they um, the final quest, which is um, a continuation of the story of the sort of the main protagonists that we meet, the the Wolf Rider clan and their sub clans. Um, it's the fi- their final quest story, yeah. and they've just been released. And for my birthday, I got like the first three of them, and I've been reading them and getting really excited and just like and realizing that I do have to kind of go back and like I want yeah, to read everything. And my partner Jesse um, has not read any of those he like we i did them together i think we're, we're gonna read them together we like to do that we read the hunger games together we i'm reading the hymn the princess bride right now um it's it's one of the things i that it's probably one of the things i miss most about my ex-wife is she read uh his darkest materials to me oh my god that's such a good in her english accent <laughs> hubba, hubba. but can i make you jealous uh, sure. This last year at Convolution, which is a science fiction convention that uh-huh. I'm a panelist on for various things, there was a a panel on uh, gothic fiction. You know, going back to the more like uh, Frankenstein mm, and, mm. and a certain Wendy Peeney <gasps> did a. Uh, She's retal- one of the um, quest. Oh, sorry, sorry. But but it's true. Wendy Peeney, Wendy and Richard Peeney are the authors. Uh, the creators of ElfQuest and have been going. I mean, like I was, I was there with Warp Graphics. I was, you know, I'm. I applied to. The, I, I wrote. Anyways, I'm geeking out. That's but fine. <laughs> she sat on the panel I sat on. I sat next to Wendy 
during the panel. Is she like so nice and cool? She is very cool. There was a thing that was happening. Like she was speaking at some women in comics thing and I like missed it by two days, but it'll happen soon. I just Mm -hmm. know it. I just feel it. Um, No, ElfQuest has been around for years and years. I mean, I I was, I was the warp graphics came out, which was the original imprint of ElfQuest Mm -hmm. uh, in the early eighties. And then it was reprinted again by Marvel uh, right. And that's like the first run of uh, Cutter and Sci- mm-hmm. uh, Skywise and, and that whole crew. And then there was, uh, went back to warp graphics for Siege on Blue Mountain. Oh, okay. And, no, yes, I, I believe that's and correct. Then, and then, they, uh, then there was a bunch of series. There's even like Jinx, which was mm-hmm. ElfQuest in space. Yep, totally. ElfQuest in space. There's the, uh, the Wave Riders that are mermaid elves. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I, didn't like them at all, did you? Um, <laughs> I did, you know, but I, at that point, the... Um, Pre-mermaid for you? No, it, it was pre-mermaid, but you could also really tell once like the original canon and once like it was it, it had expanded so much <laughs> that it wasn't just Wendy and Richard working on the stories when right. they added really talented artists and writers, like not, you know, um, the mad respect to them, but it, you could just really tell like the same, and it was also completely different characters, like, a completely yeah. different world essentially than yeah, the like one. Yeah, the Jinx was totally. Yeah, and it was it was um, it didn't speak to me as much as the like original story. And I think it. it, it you know, like late ninety or mid, was it mid nineties or so? Like there was a comic book explosion right around, um, right around the Dark Knight when that came out, and watch Watchmen. When the Dark came, Knight came out. That the was, comic book. Oh, the the comic book. Okay. When the Dark Knight and the Watchmen, when those comic oh, books yes. came out, there was a, a comic book explosion, which mm-hmm. I was so glad to be part of. And part of that was they were just trying to churn out comic books to just like grab right. as much of that. And, I think the ElfQuest, I hate to say it, I think they overpushed. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so it's exciting to see those orig- the, the, the characters that we all fell in love with um, in sort of their final chapter. I'm yeah. really excited to see what, what it is. So that's, that's part of my nerd life right now. Um, I'm really excited for, um, it won't come out for a while, but another show that I'm also really into is uh, House of Cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's sexy. It's dirty, dirty politics. I What's not sexy it. about that? I love it so much. And just like... A, Kevin Spacey is, like, probably one of the greatest actors to ever live. I'm pretty, like, I, I feel Cheer, that. Coffee cheers up to Kevin Spacey. Absolutely. Um, I met him once. Mm. I know, right? See, I'll make you jealous now. Can I touch you? Can I yeah. touch you? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> um, I saw him in an incredible play um, in London on the West End. It was called like American something. I don't quite remember. Not American Beauty. Yeah, I was but say, it was, wasn't. No, but it was. It I have was, an American Beauty story, but I'll say that when you're done. Okay. Um, it was, I, I forget the play, but it was. It was a really good play. It was um, him and a couple other actors that I, I really love. But anyway, it was. It was wonderful. And then I saw him at the stage door. I like waited and asked him to sign my playbill. And like he was super tired and like oh yeah whatever whatever. But it was still like oh my god. Um, but yeah, House of Cards, huge fan, huge fan. Is that like the biggest person you've met? Mm, I mean, I guess, unless, I mean, Ira, Ira Glass is up there too. Yeah, Ira, Ira Glass, Glass is and Dan Savage. Yeah, considering, considering the, the, the quality of stories, I know you've probably spent a lot more uh, closer proximity exchange with Ira than uh, with Kevin Spacey. Totally, I think that, yeah. And and also there's the, the, the like the political sphere, you know. Mm-hmm. I think um, meeting Dan Savage was really yeah. exciting because you know when I um, you know, people people like to hate on Dan, Dan Savage, but um, I have mad respect for him. He's he, he's done a lot in a very short. And he likes the of cafe. <laughs> he's a fan of the cafe. I don't I know. Mean, if he, why wouldn't he? I be? don't know if he's ever been here yet. 
and I know I've not been here if he's been here, which is a crime. Um, but I know he's definitely been very vocal and public about supporting us and what Fuck we're yes. and our mission statement of the you know the sex positive queer kinky well, leather revolution. So I, I had a Mistress Matisse um, on the Horcast uh, not too long ago, and she you know used to write for The Stranger as well and is good friends with Dan. And I one of the questions I asked her was like. Like, how did, how did you and Dan Savage meet? And she was like, well, <laughs> I answered a personal ad, um, like, back in the 90s in Seattle that was for two fag masters seek, like, someone to go cruising with. And one of those fag masters was Dan, Dan Savage. Yeah. He's, every now and then, like, he talks about, he just alludes to leather life or talks about leather mm-hmm. in this way that I'm like, you... You are we family. See you. We see you. We <laughs> see you, leather Dan Savage. <laughs> Anyway. Um, <laughs> what, what was the story I needed to come back to? Um, American Beauty story? American Beauty. <clears throat> so um, when I left Chicago, I moved to Osaka, Japan, for a year uh, teaching English. And I'm one learning of, shibari? Yeah, actually, no. Really? I spent a year in Japan, and it, it takes a long time to get into that kind of community in there. I don't know if they have the same kind of like social community that we have, because mm. one, it's not as taboo. It's like, you totally. know, every sex shop has a, a rope section. And it's not like here, you know, not every sex shop has a fetish section. Right, for sure. It's, you know, they're, they're not as, it's just a part and not right. a, a fetish. But, and this was also kind of, you know, I, I helped run ShibariCon, which is one mm-hmm. of the country's leading uh, rope education uh, conferences, conventions. And I spent a year in Japan and learned nothing about rope. But... One of my side jobs is I was a bartender at the American Beauty, which was a gaijin bar or foreigner bar that was done up very much like, uh, it basically was a Grateful Dead bar. It was, a, it was probably about the same size as this back room plus a bar. So it sat about 12 people. You know, like Japan is famous for having these little Warren bars where you'll have like a building. There'll be just a hallway with 20 doors on it. And behind each door is a one room bar that that would be decked out in different themes. I mean, there was one I went to, which I can't remember the name of uh, in Amaramora. That was this total goth industrial bar that they did piercing. And then one wall was just all these terrariums with lizards and, and spiders. Oh, and it, it was so cute. But, you know, people don't go to, like in Japan, people generally don't go to someone's house to hang out. Mm-hmm. So they ha- they'll have a friend that'll own a bar and they'll be like the click. The, the group hangs out at this bar. <laughs> And so you like have wicked grounds. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but bigger. But big. bigger. And so I it was a job where I could bartend. Most people that go into Gaijin bars want to speak English and my Japanese has never been beyond tourist. Mm-hmm. I, if I stayed there longer I probably would be, you know, nine years by now, I hope I would have be speaking mm-hmm. Japanese, but um lost most of that since I've moved to California. If I speak Cal- San Francisco. <laughs> But it was like I, for six months, I worked inside of a Grateful Dead bar, which oh, is God. that sounds kind of horrible. <laughs> it was American <laughs> Beauty, no. Ooh. But since it was also my clubhouse in a yeah, way, because sure. during like when I was working, I'd have all my friends from the English school come and hang out with me, and so instead of going out to clubs and spending a lot of money, I was actually making money and 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 uh, serving my friends. That's nice. Yeah. That's super nice. Let's see. So, ElfQuest, what about movies? Oh, movies. Uh, 
God, I honestly, I was just saying I have not seen a movie in like a million years. I think, uh, God, what did we go? Oh, I went and saw. I can tell you exactly the last movie I saw. How to Train Your Dragon 2. Aww. Um, nice. <laughs> um, I actually, my cat, um, you can follow her on Twitter at the whore cat. Um, <laughs> her name's Fontaine and she is a little black green eyed monster just like Toothless. Um, so me and actually my, my parents really love those films, specifically my mom. And so that's, um, we went on a family outing recently um, and met each other in San Jose and went and saw How to Train Your Dragon 2, which I was kind of like, I said to my mom, I think on the way out, I was like, you know, it's good. I like the stories, but I'm really snobby about like sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. world creation. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think they may not have another movie in them. Like, I feel like that world is, you know, the, to- the story is told. The story yeah. is told. Like we saw the giant dragon. We saw like where the dragons come from. I don't know. We, like there's the mom thing. There, there's a lot of, there was a lot of questions answered. And I was like, I don't know if there's more questions in this world. Um, but for my mom's birthday, my dad got her the entire set of books. Like the, I think there's 11 books or something like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so th- there's obviously a lot more that I didn't even know about this, the how to train your dragon world and hiccup and toothless. And, um, yeah. Have you read those books? Or are you familiar? I haven't, I haven't read them. I, I actually haven't even seen them yet. I, they look adorable, but I haven't gotten, it's pretty amazing. So, okay. Um, Sam solo, who's my co-host for, um, uh, winter is coming on your face and podcast. Yeah, and he's also the director of Girl <laughs> Bullies. Hashtag podcast. <laughs> um, and he's also the director of girlbullies.net. He is a scrawny guy, and Girl Bullies is all about, um, you know, mean girls beating up scrawny guys. And the the hiccup character, like, reminds me of Sam so much because he's, like, the scraw- it's the story of the scrawny guy in a big, like, masculine culture who has to use his wits and his, like, ability to train these magical beasts to, you know, be better than everyone. But I highly recommend them. I do have a question for you now of that we're talking course. about nerdy awesomeness. Mm-hmm. If you could live in any fantasy world of all time, ever, what would it be? You know, I saw someone tweet about this recently that like somebody put out a thing that was like, I I think there was like some quiz. Like if you had to choose between the Shire and Hogwarts and Westeros and blah, blah, blah. And someone was like, Westeros, nobody wants to fucking live in Westeros. Uh, (laughs) I have nightmares about that, actually. Unless you're like, you know, uh, on the top of the heap. No, even then, look what happened to fucking Tywin Lannister. No way, Jose. I'd never want a vacation there. Oh, you'd be better than Tywin. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to know. Like, he got killed with a crossbow while taking a shit. I don't want to know what That's comes really after that. That's a bad way to go out. That's a bad way to go out. The, the more you, like, fuck with money and power, the more you will get burned in the end. you got to really just keep bad. your nose down and stay in Winterfell. Um, I would probably want to live at Hogwarts. Um, I would want to specifically, um, you know, pre-Voldemort Revolution, obviously. <laughs> um, but um, The first one or the second one? What do you mean? No, like, it doesn't even matter. But who oh, the first in the, in the yeah. films. What? Like what Hogwarts? Oh, students? I, you know, I'm I'm probably oh, what Hogwarts student like or Hufflepuff, what house? Like oh, which, which, which house? house? Is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah. Um, I see myself as a Ravenclaw. I would totally be Hufflepuff in a second. Oh yeah, Cuddle Monster over here. <laughs> yeah. Into the, I, the Great Hall. <laughs> I think that I would either be a Hufflepuff, but probably a Gryffindor. I think I'm too like. Like I'm pretty Boy Scouty too. So it's yeah, like, it's, that's why like. Ravenclaw or uh, Gryffindor Pe- for me. Penny Barber, who is my um, frenemy, best frenemy. Yes. Um, I 
I think we've had this conversation. She's obviously a Slytherin. Um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, and I, so, I, I, can't, I can't refute that. <laughs> which is, So I think that I'm like obviously a Gryffindor then. I think like in that world, she's my, you know, Draco Malfoy. Like, so, no, I, w- I think I, I would that. not. Actually, you, you need to do that one. I know, right? Oh my God. Um, Harry Potter <laughs> porn. Actually, um, Ella Nova is who played Daenerys Targaryen in the Game of Thrones inspired femdom scene that I directed for girlbullies.com. Um, she played, uh, she's a huge Harry Potter fan. Like, you should have her on the show. She's Give Harry me in Potter. Touch. We'll talk. Yeah, no, Harry <laughs> Potter um, to her, I think, is more of like in the way some of us think about like kinkiness or leather, like a code of ethics, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps a, a way of thinking about the world. Like Harry Potter is kind of that. It is as important to her as like, you know, fantasy can be to people, yeah. you know, like that's oh, part yeah. of being a nerd is like, no, no, no. You're not just talking about Star Trek. You're talking about Gene Roddenberry's vision for tomorrow, I, which will be today soon. I <laughs> actually draw two very important life precepts for myself from Two different points. One is a Superman cartoon. Mm. Um, uh, What's happening? Secret messages. Secret messages don't make friends. Let's just actually get a question from the audience while we're writing this down. Yeah, let's do it. Question from the audience. You have a question. Yes, how did you discover that you were a mermaid? (laughs) <laughs> How did I discover that I was a mermaid? Um, that actually, I have to get back to my stories, but this is more important. <laughs> it's not that important. Um, the mermaid thing, uh, and Tara's asking, um, I had a, a play that I wrote called Fish Girl that featured a ukulele playing mermaid. Um, it was at the San Francisco Fringe which Festival. Is, which is how I met you, as a ukulele playing mm-hmm, mermaid. Exactly. Um, and so I, I perform as a mermaid sometimes. But that all started um, when I was on tour with uh, bands and stuff. I was touring with um, Amanda Palmer and a couple other different bands. And I, w- had, I was growing my hair out from like a mohawk. And it was about like shoulder length. And I was like, what am I going to do? I don't know. I have never seen mohawk pictures of I you. I know. But Susie Q has never had a mohawk. Um, all right. So I haven't seen uh, mohawk pictures of your previous incarnation. Yes, exactly. Um, you need to fix this, Susie please. So even if it's just a quick glimpse. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Um, but yes, yeah, so there was there was a mohawk incarnation. So I was growing it out, and I was like, man, I really just want to like grow out my hair really, really long, you know, like mermaid long. And then I just started thinking about mermaids, and someone gave me a ukulele. And when I started writing songs, um, the things that came out were from the perspective of this mermaid. And then a couple years later, we had a play. Ba-bum! That's great. That's my story. So Yay. back to your okay. Uncle. So two big stories. One is from a Superman cartoon, mm-hmm. where Superman's got to fight a demon. And magic is one of the places he's vulnerable in. So he goes to Dr. Fate, who's like this ancient superhero protector of the magical realms, and says, hey, I need help. And Fate's basically living in his magic castle, saying, I'm tired of this. I've been fighting forever. As much as I keep fighting, the bad guys keep coming back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not doing anything. Superman says, well... I'm all right. If you're not doing, I, I, I can't stay. I got to go take care of this demon. <laughs> all right. You're not going to help. Great. Peace, dude. So he, so Superman goes out to fight the demon and, and gets his butt handed to him. He, Superman's losing. And of course, in that last dramatic moment, Dr. Fate shows up and Dr. Fate saves the day. And Fate remind, basically tells Superman, it's like, you reminded me that, you know, even though the bad guys keep coming, the good guys keep coming. Tears, tears, and tears. That's like you know, like it's good. You know, that's one of the, you know. It's that's a, a really cap- good way of looking at the world. 
yeah, it's like, yeah, the bad stuff keeps happening, but I got to keep going to make sure the good stuff keeps happening. I know, right? And the other one comes from Babylon 5. Which I have not done yet. I know. Oh, no. I just, uh, 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 I feel like I should have done it in college during like a rainy <laughs> Portland winter. Like now, I, who has the time? I know. To fall into that hole. I want to. I How's want to bad. We'll do a Babylon 5 podcast and that <laughs> way we'll get you to watch it. Yes! Yes! Pinky swear. Uh, I, don't uh, know. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Well, Pinky, well, Pinky <laughs> swear to look into it. Well, Pinky, Pinky swear to look into it. Pinky swear to look into it. And... In the Babylon 5, there's a scene where the Vorlons, which are the an older race, they're a wiser race, and they guide, they're like the agents of order in the, in the galaxy. And they basically test uh, Sinclair, the, the main hero, the captain of the Babylon, or the commander of Babylon 5, because he's about to become president of the galaxy and this new thing that they're or this new government they're putting together and you know little side note the agent they have is a human that they've been keeping alive for hundreds of years who actually was Jack the Ripper oh. and they, they're using him as uh, you know like anyways he's the main test in that is here we are in the dark. No one can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Would you give up your life to save this one other person? And he says yes. And he's basically, you know, he does everything he can to save this other per- one person because they were basically trying to make sure he wasn't going to be a mad leader dictator and just, you know, it's in it for the glory. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, to, you know, you don't, you need to do what's right without all the fanfare. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fan- fanfare is nice. And I mean, I, you know, I'm an actor and I have that, I look at me, Gene. But that's why that story I try to use to remind myself to mm-hmm. keep going and not just do it for the kudos. It's good. I have questions from Twitter. Oh, Yay, I love Twitter. Twitter. Are you prepared for this? Oh, I mean, as prepared as I'll ever be. Okay, first question. What is your favorite type of soup? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> what is my favorite type of soup? God. Um, I really like bisques. Mm, I was going to say, and do we serve it here at the cafe? Um, you know, I did see that the soup of the day for today, it just says mostly garlic, which mm. I think it's definitely <laughs> sounds, sounds uh, not so, exactly what you'd want to serve at a cafe where people are trying to well, cook up. I, I, I do say that stuff, one right? should not eat garlic alone on a date. Mm, but if yes, both people every, are... So if everyone eats the soup, then everyone... Yes. Okay, we okay. all eat soup. Second <laughs> question. If you could have one sexy superpower, what would it be? Sexy superpower? Um, the sexy was in print. Well, okay, so an exciting comic book that just came out, um, which I have not read yet, so I, forgive me if, um, if you guys haven't, no spoilers, is a Sex Criminals, which is about a character named Susie who Aww. can stop time with her orgasms, which I kind of wish was my superpower because after I have an orgasm, I don't want to do anything. Like, I don't want to look at my phone. I would like to have a snack. I would like to just, like, have the world be on hold until I'm, like, done walking around naked and, like, you know, eating things. Like bisque. You know, that's usually not my after-sex <laughs> after go-to, but on what a What is a your after-sex go-to? Um, uh, usually, like, apples and peanut butter. Mm. Mm. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. No, not a little at all. <laughs> um, I, have, I have to share that... Susie is making such an adorable little face right now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but yes, I would like to have a, uh, the ability to stop time with my orgasms, <laughs> which I may take back after I read Sex Criminals. So. Okay. 
So, what is your favorite part of sex work? Um, the money. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah, no story there. Just boom. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite part of, of uh, you know your guys's work? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I definitely wasn't doing it for the money. <laughs> yeah, me either. I mean, you know, Wicked Grounds, <laughs> like I said, I was making, joking earlier about my, me being my ex-boss that didn't pay me well. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I've, <clears throat> I've been doing this for the community and it's not been for the money. And it's just now that people are coming in that I'm actually getting to stop living like a monk. The, the vow of poverty, not the vow of chastity. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, there is a long times where the only money I took out was what I bare needed to pay bills mm-hmm. out of the place just to keep this thing going. I mean, I sold my violent wand. I sold my sex toy to pay for Whoa. rent for this place. That's intense. I still haven't yeah. replaced that yet. That's so sad. You should put that on the Indiegogo campaign. <laughs> Buy <laughs> Ryan his no, violent that's, wand. That's his own Indiegogo campaign. <laughs> totally. Um, I mean, like, the money is, you know, you know, it's my job, first and mm-hmm. foremost. Um, but I think that uh, the job is, you know, I, I said actually just today as we were getting in the car, I was like, I really love my job, you know, and that's yeah. all aspects of it. I'm fortunate enough to get to do fun things like podcasts and column writing and things like that. But um, also the, the high heels and the costumes are a mm-hmm. plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have that actor look at me, Jean, at all, do you? No. Oh, my God. It's, you know, I really do believe that sex work is 90% storytelling. Um, oh, and, and that's what I went to college for. You know, I have a degree in theater. I've been in a theater my entire life, literally since conception. And like, <laughs> I, I don't know, telling stories and making fantasies is, you know, mm-hmm. what also feeds my soul in many ways. Yeah. That just, uh, again, actor, I went to, to college. I have a degree in theater and history. Um, are there any any like classics parts of the theater that you have not yet had a chance to have sex in? Classic parts of the like, theater oh, on the stage, balcony. the green room, the balcony. This was a conversation that was happening in the cafe a couple weeks ago, I which don't is know like how we need to think about I've this. I've had in theaters. I, I I mostly just do theater in theaters. Um, well, then, you know, like <clears throat> especially in college, I I had the key to the theater building, so I like made sure to you know catwalk. You know, hit the key spots. You know, scene shop. There was definitely um, in high school for me. My theater department was like not just for the kids who were into theater, but the kids who were also into gay shit, drugs, and hooking up. And so, like, our backstage was really kind of a a nasty, (laughs) nasty place of adolescent um, desire. But um, yeah, that that wasn't really my thing. I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I. I think I had sex in um, a couple theaters when I was on tour during rock and roll life. Well, seventeen-year-old Ryan lost his virginity in a balcony of an abandoned theater. So there might be a, a history there. Isn't a that thing. poetic? Isn't that cute? <laughs> was that Aww. by accident, or did you like plot that? You're like, no, this is how it has to happen. Like, um, I'm going to lose my virginity in the balcony on prom night. So with no, no, it was. Oh. Um, so th- there was the Granada Theater, which was this uh, abandoned movie theater in Chicago North Side near the 400 Theater. 400 Theater was famous for playing Rocky Horror. Of course. So one night after Rocky Horror, I'm with a bunch of people hanging out, and you would go to the the Granada Theater, break in. I mean, there was always like a left, somebody always, there's always a stash of candles by the door that we could break in. And so we're walking around this huge abandoned theater. I mean, it was built in the 20s. It had all like the plaster work. It was big balconies and and all this stuff. And 
And so one night I'm there and I'm hitting on this girl really, really badly because I'm 17. And um, she winds up, I was like, hey, you know, I know this place pretty well. You want me to give you a tour? Because there was a bunch yeah. of us hanging out. I'll give you a tour. It's a good line. Um, she Works said no, time. but her friend said yes. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that her that she was actually trying to hook up I'll with go. my friend that goes went by the name Rat. And so I'm walking, and we're talking, and then we get to the balcony, and we sit down, and we start making out. And, yes. and you know, do you want me to go lower? Do you want me to go going? <laughs> so, like, my Ryan's first sex act was going down on her. Good now, job, Ryan. Now, one of the, we, I had, of course, 17, trench coat, as you do. Yes. Put it out. We're having sex on the trench coat. Oh, God. So I think we're safe. I itched for three days afterwards because that place had so much like asbestos and stuff and creepy stuff in the ear in the air. I'm surprised I ever had sex again. <clears throat> oh my god, that's amazing! And that just goes to show that like the girl who's DTF always wins. <laughs> DTF <laughs> is that is that a bad of, lesson? I don't think that's a bad <laughs> lesson. D- DTF down to fuck. Uh, yeah. Speaking of sexy time. What is your favorite sex toy, your most used sex toy, and have you ever worn one out? Um, my Hitachi's about to go, actually. It's <laughs> I've gone through three of those. It's really loud. Like, I have a partner who like, has given me like, direct feedback of, like, you can't bring your Hitachi to my house because it's too loud and mm-hmm. annoying. Yeah. And I'm like, what? It's fine. It's how all Hitachi sound. Th- that is obviously my answer to the first two questions. Yes. The Hitachi is like pretty much the only sex toy. Yes. I use contrary to the mm-hmm. belief that all sex workers have like a treasure. Tro- I do have a treasure trove and I'm always like mad, but that's usually just for work. Like mm-hmm. at home it's, I use my um, Hitachi and also I'm a really big fan of the enjoy mm-hmm. line of things. They're butt mm-hmm. plug and then they're like weird thingy with the balls on the end. Um, metal sure, the, stainless steel. The butt steel. plug looks almost like it's a bottle opener as well. It's true. The butt, uh, the butt plug that I have is the um, uh, the one with the gem on the end. Ooh, I like those pretty. a lot, especially to use <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, the Hitachi is definitely like making it's sounds. It's, yeah. I used it in a in a porn film actually, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, that is horrifically loud and embarrassing. <laughs> well, great. Um, but yeah, that's definitely Hitachi. They actually just. Um, uh, like the new Hitachis that they're making are more powerful than they were are before. Are they really? Yeah, which I kind the of don't model like. Is really not that great. Um, I went to Good Vibes yeah. recently, and like yeah. it was, I didn't even know that was a mm-hmm. thing. I thought uh, Hitachi was going to take the name Hitachi off the magic wand, and just sell the magic wand because mm-hmm. they were like embarrassed and stuff. Even, but it just it's uh, like they wanted to get rid of that, but mm. it sells too well for them to totally. Yeah. I mean, people know it as a Hitachi. You can yeah, I, I mean, I think they could take their name off it, and they would still be called the Hitachi. I, I don't think so. I always laugh when I see like real yeah. like power tools and mm-hmm. you know cars and things. Mm-hmm. You know, down on one hundred and one, there's a big building Hitachi. Hitachi. I just imagine it being filled with magic wands. Yeah. No, but that one's the best. It is the go-to toy, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so we have another question. What is your favorite Wicked Grounds coffee drink? <clears throat> yeah, what, um, what, do you, what do you drink when you're here? Well, I can't get it every time because um, I I don't handle sugar that well. But mm-hmm. when I um, can I? Um, I love the milkshakes, especially the pumpkin one during mm. um, Thanksgiving Harvest time. Season. Yes, mm-hmm. the pumpkin milkshake. 
or the pep- don't you do a, like a peppermint milkshake yeah, we during Christmas do, time too? We get, we yes. and we do uh, peppermint shakes and hot chocolates during cold seasons, mm-hmm. like if it's raining anywhere, <clears throat> which could happen what? anytime <laughs> in the city. So you're you're saying you first uh, just going back to something that was from the first part, yeah, um, to elaborate a little bit more. Uh, you said you first heard about Wicked Grounds when we were going through the first troubles yeah. back in uh, 2011. But what was your first visit here like? What was it like when you first found us? God, I don't even remember, honestly. Um, I'm trying to think. It may have been before a Bondage A Go-Go night. Um, but like my first memories of Wicked Grounds, I was really like... Um, I, it was reminded so much of the coffee shop that I used to hang out with, or hang out with, but it feels like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, right? Yeah, the, co- the coffee shop is a friend, right? <clears throat> it is. It has its own personality. Um, the one that was the place that everybody went to when I was in high school, um, it's called mm. Morgan's mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it had a is Morgan's still with us. In the Morgan's coffee? is the, the location is still there and it is still a coffee shop, but it is no longer owned by Morgan. Um, and it is no longer Morgan's. It is something else Aww. now, but it's <clears throat> an independent coffee shop. Um, yes, it is. Okay, it's still okay. an independent coffee shop. I, I give you props, yes. props for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was totally like the place that, you know, it had the poetry slam was there and I was very excited about that. And all the lots of, um, you know, scrawny looking boys in trench coats hanging out outside Aww. and kids playing hacky sack and like yeah. all of the sort of grump. And I remember the first time I came in here, I was like, oh, this is like Morgan's with rope. <laughs> okay. I'm down. Uh, Dana Rama from the Naughty Boys is like, you know, where else can you get rope at one in the morning? And back when we were open <coughs> late on Saturdays. Totally, totally. No, it's um. So I definitely remember it feeling like insta community. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to a Little's Munch here. Um, it was very exciting. There was like crayons and other Littles and all types of fun things. Um, yeah, but it's overall, it's an amazing place. There's so it's many times. Resource. There's so much glitter I have to clean up after Littles. I tell you. <laughs> We, we have messy. so many good questions from okay, Twitter great. flowing in. Okay, so how did you find your way into the kink scene? Oh, God. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, into the kink scene um, is I had my first, like, kink encounter via, like, very sketchy Craigslist hookups. Like, you do just, you know, always, always I have... I started my kink career without Craigslist, remember? Pre-internet. Oh, wow. Whoa, there was a time? There was no internet? Yeah. Weird. I know. <laughs> but I'm the, old. You're not, you're but the first time I, I uh, really knew that there was like a BDSM scene was I went to Bondage Agogo, actually, which is just around the corner from Wicked Grounds. And I met um, a guy there who I actually just ran into having dinner around the corner just now. Um, Jack Hammer, he's a porn performer and a member of our BDSM community. And he's a great rigger. Awesome guy. And yeah, an awesome guy. And he just came up to me. I was like, hi, I'm Cindy or whatever. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to get tied up. And I did. So yeah. And I, that was just kind of, um, I, I dove right in from there. It was, you know, I realized there was such a vibrant community and it was exciting and amazing. Great. So what does bring, being a strong femme mean to you? And how mm. do you, how, mm, how do you do your strong femme thing against society's perceptions? Damn, Gina. Twitter is getting down. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, well, um, I think... Twitter got serious. Twitter got real. Um, so I do identify as a strong femme. Um, maybe not always in those terms, but I, I do identify with, as a femme, which means I express my gender identity on the more feminine um, edge of the spectrum. I'm wearing heels and a skirt and makeup right now, and that's like how I feel the most me. Um, you know, which doesn't mean I'm not, you know, in pajamas and glasses 90% of the time when I'm at home. But um, so, and then being a strong femme, like being somebody who 
um, you know, owns their own business and is really independent in many ways. Um, you know, oftentimes I think that, grow, you know, growing up, society feeds us this idea that people who wear high heels and makeup and dresses are somehow, the, you know, the weaker sex. That That's a thing that people say, you know, and you grow up reading that in literature and hearing that as a perception. And um, <clears throat> So yeah, I really just identify that I don't think that's true at all. I think that like femininity is really powerful and as a sex worker it's a powerful thing to wield, you know. The the way I dress, it allows me to be like financially independent and um, you know, sometimes in have power over people, you know? And so my femininity is definitely my armor and it's a part of what makes me strong. I feel like I'm running for Miss America right now. <laughs> like, That's great. <laughs> You'd be an awesome Talk team. about strong femininity. <laughs> I love okay. that pageant smile. And world peace. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm still just having the picture of you in front with the <clears throat> accepting your tiara and your crown, which was almost like the little Miss Little's pageant. But it's true. It's true. You do pageants well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to host yeah. the, the we, international yeah, one. Yeah, uh, Wicked Grounds is a sponsor for it. Yay! We always oh, provides, yes. We always provide surpri- uh, surprises. Prizes. Surprise prizes. Surprise. <laughs> it's a prize. <laughs> yes. Because, you know, one of the things that going on Wicked Grounds for a bit is we, I, I, one of my pet projects is the Wicked Grounds coloring book that I do every year. Which is amazing. Which is a fetish coloring book both in female bodied cheesecake and male bodied beefcake uh, of all kinds of different fetishes in coloring book form it's pretty exciting which if you're hearing this any anytime soon before uh, September 1st I am looking for submissions if you have coloring book art you'd like to put into it just saying <laughs> alright what we got next um, I was going to go back to the listening audience in Wicked Grounds Anyone have any questions? Thank you out so there? much for staying with us. You can come up us. here, or you can. Do you have a question? So you talked a little bit earlier about sort of your geeky side, but not just geeky books, but overall, what is your favorite book? Hold that pose. Oh, that's such a good question. Um. That is a very, very easy answer. Um, my favorite book of all time is The Princess Bride by William Goldman. I've read it Ooh. probably about nine or ten times. Um, I'm Inconceivable. <clears throat> I write. Um, I have tattoos on my feet um, that, that are actually my first tattoos. Um, and the left one says true love and the right one says high adventure, which is, which is from um, the book, which yeah. is you know, true love and high adventure, all there really is. Thank you. The, the same pers- you. adorable voice that uh, just asked the question has also been making sure that all of us up here at the table are getting watered. Yeah, so thank, thank you very you. much. You don't, because it's hot back here. Yeah. Also, you don't realize like how much spit it takes to talk until you talk for like two hours straight. Um, well, that's why we took a little break because we're not that straight here. But, <laughs> but like in podcasting, yeah. you, know, you always have to have water with you. I, I find anyway. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any questions for us, Susie? <clears throat> Yeah, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we started in the first half. You had some questions for us. And why is that? Um, 
Oh, oh, why is that right? Um, so you, were, you, you had a reason for it. Yeah, yeah. You had I, an ulterior motive coming on my show? It's true. Well, I was hoping, uh, so I, I write for the SF Weekly. I have a column called The Whore Next Door, and I was hoping to do a piece on Wicked Grounds at some point and yeah. kind of your story um, in regards to, you know, since 2009, there's been a lot of ups and downs. It has been the roller coaster for sure. Yeah. And so you talked a little bit about what the... Um, the new face of Wicked Grounds is in your sort of new position. Um, how is that changing things? What can we hope to see in the future, Ryan? Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that Wicked Grounds is doing now is going out out of the cafe more. We have, uh, like we went to the SF Pride this year, which is something we haven't done since 2011. We're going to be at Oakland Pride. Uh, when is Oakland Pride? It's uh, Labor Day weekend, the end of August. Um, you know, we're... We're gonna. There's like the San Francisco fetish flea, which is the city's longest running uh, fetish flea market, and so we're basically stepping out of the cafe more and trying to bring more Wicked Grounds to people where they're at. Nice, Wicked Grounds for everybody. Um, we also have a much more robust boutique. We're, I mean, we've been able to focus a lot more. Like now that there's three people running it, we mm-hmm. we can make the uh, store the non food service area more with more books more toys we've done a lot more merchandise like there's uh this year we did uh, a pride t-shirt which um is a a top view of a coffee cup with a latte and in the crema of the latte it is all in rainbow colors so that was our wicked pride shirt this year that's so cute designed by one of our baristas um, and then also we've been able to incre- do improve the food a bit too because uh, by uh, Spiky Jane's Coffee coming in and pretty much being our uh, benevolent overlord with running <laughs> stuff that's taken a lot of things. Fairy thing- godmother. Yeah. I have been calling them my fairy godmothers. Uh, the M's, Mir um, and Mo have taken a lot of the business running so that way... Zin, who has been like Zin, is our original barista, mm-hmm. like OB, original barista. <laughs> I need to get her like you know some kind of bling for that. Um, she's now not having to do some of the admin work that she was doing in the past and focusing on the food. I've been able to focus on the events, so I could do things like oh, the Wicked Grounds podcast. Exactly, exactly. I've been I've been dreaming up of doing this podcast for over a year, Aww. but it, it's taken. Uh, the mo the the M's coming in to take a lot off my shoulder, mm-hmm. and also has taken uh, our, our good friend John Adams to step in and pretty much be an engineering you know guru for us and make the sound make us all sound sexy. Uh, cool. <laughs> Thank you, John. And uh, so yeah, Wicked Grounds is getting you know we've right now have uh this this episode is probably also sponsored by the wicked grounds indiegogo campaign uh we've been running for five years and there's some few bits that we wanted to improve improve and refurbish you know the kitchen needs some new equipment but more importantly for the people outside the kitchen we're going to work on the ventilation and get that working nice and smooth so it's not so strip off all your clothes hot in the back here right <laughs> says the man sitting in a, a bow tie and, and suspenders. Um, but we're also going to get uh, some new bondage furniture for out front. We're looking at getting replacing the coffee table with a puppy cage. Nice. Um, so, okay, when I, I did kind of mention um, doing the story <clears throat> to my editor at the Weekly, and she, the, fir- the first question she had, she was like, why do kinky people need their own coffee shop? 
So uh, what? So can you okay, speak to that, Ryan? Definitely. Um, there was. I remember when we were going through the problems in April of 2011, and we got a little press over it, and there was some people giving us, you know, like, you know, really attacking the coffee shop, and you know, one of the things that really stands out in my mind is this one commenter saying how, you know, last thing I want is somebody to show up in their gimp suit at my wedding. And it's like they, which means they miss the whole that point. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, never read the comments, Ryan. Oh, it, it, it's only the trolls. Don't don't feed the trolls. Even I, with I, your well, eyes. I, but I use this troll story because mm. that's the whole point. We need a place where we can go socialize and be ourselves, so we're not feeling obliged to unconsensually bring everyone else into our scene at your wedding. <laughs> So that troll right. really was yeah. good for me because it's like you you give me the reason why we need the coffee shop. We need this place to be. Um, in the last part, I told the Velveteen story of you know the yeah. guy that didn't socialize and then came to the Little's Munch and found himself home. Yeah. And we've had people that have used the coffee shop to come out to their parents. Hey, we're Kinky and Polly and all these wonderful things that make us so happy. And look, this comfortable place is a good example of what we feel like right, it. Right, totally. And I've had, like, there's a chalkboard behind me here in the back room that I've had uh, a couple, when the one person went to the bathroom, the other person wrote, will you marry me? And then sat there with their little ring box until they came back and Aww. used my chalkboard to propose. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like... You know, BDSM is about so much more than, you know, whips and chains and gimp suits. It's about community. Definitely is. And I can, um, I think it's just really special for the, for this place to be harboring, like, so many different individuals. I mean, it's not even about, like, the kinks here. Mm-mm. People walk in who, are, who just want to be accepted. And that's what makes Wicked Ground so special is you can come in here and just be who you want to be. And people won't even blink an eye. I mean, sure. it's just I mean, it's really great. They might, like, blink an eye if it's really hot and they want to watch. But, you know. Yeah. As long as they're being respectful distance, and that's all. And because you know, we have people that'll come in, and like especially like rope bite, which happens the first Wednesday of the month, where this whole back room is just wall to wall people tying each other up, going, "Oh, look, I learned something new. Let me show you." Uh, that's one thing I, I like. The rope, the subset rope community is very good about sharing stuff because it's like, "Oh, look, I learned something new. Let me show you. Let me show you." What is um, your guys' favorite part of Wicked Grounds? Oh, wow. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a favorite part where we think about this? Absolutely. I, um, I really love the dirty little uh, cards that you feature in the boutique mm. that say, like, sir, yes, sir, or, like, welcome to the leather family. Yeah, exactly. Your service pleases me. Yeah, you I You popped love my cherry. It's so good because, you know, it's sometimes you do want to have a greeting card to show how you care, you yeah. know? And Congratulations on your collaring. Exactly, exactly. And you can come here and, and get one. I think that's really special. Also, the milkshakes. Yeah, the milkshakes. Um, I think, for me, the cafe, it's really hard to to take one point and isolate it as the best part for me. I mean, this is, this, the cafe is so much of me out, I mean, this place is so much of me pushed out for everybody that it's like, you know, I don't want to say the best part of the cafe is me, but this place (laughs) is me. And I've, I think, the best part for me is the fact that people love it. The people that keep coming to it. And it is so important. That makes me feel like I've been doing something right for the last five years. Totally. I put a lot of... I mean, I've sacrificed a lot for this place. Mm-hmm. Not to mention a marriage. <laughs> I think for me, what 
my favorite part of Wicked Grounds is seeing newcomers walking in. Mm-hmm. And you could tell. I mean, you could pick out a newbie from a mile away. Mm-hmm. But I really, really love that, <clears throat> like, seeing a newcomer at a munch, like, walking in and feeling nervous and then just automatically being embraced by everybody. Totally. Or should be being embraced <laughs> by everybody. We try. Yeah, we do try. But it's just, it's awesome. Um, can we talk a little bit about the artists that are featured? Oh, um, like, currently and just, you know, in the past or future? Yeah. Um, so... For those that haven't, have never had a, the opportunity to step into Wicked Grounds, we have our walls covered with erotic art, and I've. Is had, it always erotic? It's always erotic. Um, awesome. I mean, we've had Fakir, we've had Nancy Peach. Um, oh God, it's five years. I don't think I could name. Right now, it's all a them, creamy coconut. Creamy coconuts up right now. I've worked with her a couple times. She's wonderful. She's adorable, and her her stuff is really good, <clears throat> though. I had some. I mean, I had some people that were like getting all down on you know. They, there's a couple pieces in the front that are um, a collage of photography of just women's genitalia, <coughs> and the person was saying, "Oh, that's so, you know, that's so male heteronormative and so objectifi- objectifying," and it's like. But the art, artist, it's a woman's uh, artist. That's her view. It like, shouldn't even matter, though. You shouldn't never have to explain yourself <coughs> right. art to anyone, ever, really. Well, we, we have had some people in the past, trolls, uh, that have complained that we've we featured too much heteronormative art here. And it's really hard because we... I always try and make sure the artists have a, a spread and representation of different body types and different subject matters. But not every artist that we've had has been able to come up with uh, the perfect Wicked Grounds spread. You know, if there's one thing I've learned is that somebody's always going to have a negative opinion. There's going to be somebody, especially in in this community, in my experience, and like, you know, just the the world at large, there's going to be somebody who like comments on a story about you that that's, wants to hate. There's going to be yeah. somebody who doesn't agree with like what, you're doing and you know you either and you can take that information and like do better yeah. you know and it's, and it's like you know when uh, a couple couple years back we had one person that was like there's not enough uh, submissive men on your walls it's like all, all right. right give us some submissive male art yeah. and and i'll put this out to anyone listening now um art at wickedgrounds.com if you have a uh body of work that you'd like to see up at the cafe should send me an example of your portfolio. I mean, we're always looking for more art. Um, right now, I only have about a six month ahead of time. Oh wow! So I mean, there's room for there's next room. year. That's exciting. That's super exciting. You you could be displayed up on my walls. Uh, what do you think the community would, as a whole, needs to improve on? Ooh, god damn! Is like that what, from Twitter? You, is that just from no, you? That's just me. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I mean, um, just like if you, you could give a, like a word of it, like uh, just yeah. A, um, I re- actually I do have something. Okay. Do we yeah. need to refresh your coffee for this one? Is this gonna be a long one? No, I, <laughs> I think, um, I think you know, it's really important to, yeah, to it be on. It's on all. I would love some more rainbows. Actually, thank you. Um, I really think that we need to stop attacking each other. Mm-hmm. We are already so small as mm-hmm. queer, kinky, poly, sex worker. Um, trans folks, just queers of all shapes and sizes, and like people who think that the the things we do with our genitals do not, you know, make us criminals. Yeah. Um, we're all we're so small, mm-hmm. we're so small, and we have to find a way to work together. And not, I am really, really sick of seeing um, people just go after 
um, people that they could be allies with. And I, I would like to see the community at large I mean, do less of that and focus on the people who are actually trying to keep us down, not mm-hmm. on putting our venom at each other. It's actually a strong thing behind the cafe, considering we are such a crossroads of different communities that come together yeah. and coexist and, and operate mm-hmm. well together. I mean, that's, that's one of our core beliefs, too, is that we, we're all in this together. Um, you know, the fact that somebody could lose their job because of a fetish picture yeah. or lose their kids be- in a divorce hearing because of a fetish picture, I mm-hmm. think is absurd mm-hmm. and Im- uh, immoral. Yeah. Unjust. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's my word of the day. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I, we really, we have a lot of work to do. Thank you so much. Um, As another iced tea magically appears for season. <laughs> it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we, we have a, we have a lot a lot of work to do, and we've seen um, such great strides. I, you know, I think that like um, <clears throat> when I was doing activism in college as like a little queer youngling, um, I wasn't sure if I, if we would see um, you know marriage equality in by the time I was interested in getting married. You know, um, and now 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 we have, and I really do think you know I when we started the podcast two years ago, mm-hmm. um, I the, the forecast. Um, mm-hmm that I host, we really, it kind of seemed like, and maybe someday we'll, we'll see prostitution and sex work decriminalized in the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. And like this week, like Canada, yeah. Um, Canada's almost there as well. Yeah. Um, like New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now, you know, t- even just two years later, like Amnesty International came out in support of sex work decriminalization this year. Mm -hmm. And the World Health Organization just came out this week and said, hey, you guys want to end AIDS? You want to keep people from getting HIV? Decriminalize sex work. Yeah. The end. Like, okay, and see, we're seeing these these glimmers of hope, and we we have to like stay together and keep on the sex positive front because people's lives are at stake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Lives and well-being. And this has been the Suzy Q soapbox, <laughs> Just but, which is which is good. Because, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, like I when I've been describing this podcast, it covers sex, politics, relationships, geekery, mm-hmm. nerds, and movies. So, I, I this soapbox, my soapbox is your soapbox. Well, what do you guys think? What do you think the community as a, can improve upon? You only have five minutes, so I will definitely I'll go really fast on this. Sneaky, right. sneaky, right, and this may like lose some voting points on the Rube boat. But I really am getting to the the ship. Uh, Sort of annoyed with the, like, shaming of Fifty Shades of Grey fans. Mm. I'm getting really annoyed by it because I feel like it's opening so many doors to people who had no idea this community existed. So for people to sit there and say, like, oh, Fifty Shades of Grey, blah, blah, blah. Really, people have been waiting to read something like that or to watch that movie so they can say, oh, this is okay. It's true. Very true. So for us to shun Fifty Shades of Grey fans is just showing that we're don't judgmental. don't listen to the podcast yeah. and releasing. <laughs> there's but I agree. I there, agree. There's a difference between people that this is their first experience, and then a really poorly written book. The yeah. f- people that this is their first experience, we want to be there for, and then bring them. I into mean, the they good could stuff. read the story of oh, that was what I read when I yeah. was like first. I was like, okay, I'm have weird dark fantasies about being tied up, and yeah. I, there was a 
beautifully fucking written book about a submissive's mm-hmm. journey mm-hmm. that people have built you know BDSM yeah. fetish stuff on for for decades now. Yeah. So like, why not read that? Like, yeah. what? But I, I, I the but mania is amazing. The mainstream though, it's this true. I still, I still curious on the country what? and across the world. It's just something that we've needed to be like, hey, this is what we do. I'm really curious. Totally, it's not that, that spark, weird. Yeah. What got that push? How that became the, it was the a go-to fan fiction book. No, from I mean, Twilight. That's I, what, I, <clears throat> I know, but I'm just wondering. I'm just curious of what was that spark that made it? Because it's not attention. that weird. Like people, people have been like yeah. looking for stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like oh, this is a book that. But why I that can... book is all I want to know. Yeah, it's just like so, it's a it's little romance novel, and we can either accept it or just talk shit all the time. So, um, we're as we're getting to a point to wrap things up. Susie, where can people find you on the net? You can always find me at thewhorecast.com. That's where you can listen to my weekly podcasts, uh, The Horecast, which is stories, art, and voices of American sex workers. And then Winter is Coming on Your Face, which What's is that about? a Game of Thrones <laughs> fan cast. <clears throat> and then I also write for the SF Weekly. My column's called The Whore Next Door. Do you, are you on Twitter? Yeah, um, at Susie Q. James. My name is spelled really weird, so just go to at Horecast. Similar you can find to uh, Susie Sue. <laughs> Susie and the... Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but you, can you weren't you weren't a big Susie fan. It wasn't that wasn't the origin for not you, was super. It? No, actually, my um, <clears throat> my background is Native American, and my um, given name is a Sioux name. So, uh. but yeah, you can find me at Horcast on Twitter, but always at thehorcast dot com. All right, any, anything last bits for you to put in? Red? I just wanted to thank her for being a guest. This has been awesome. Yes, I think you that you're the greatest choice for a first guest. Thank you. you, you, you it's quite pop, an honor. Popped our uh, podcast cherry. We did. We should get you a card for that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would love that. I love and, those cards. And you also helped us set the tone for this. So thank you so much, Susie. You're welcome. Thank you for doing a podcast and having a wonderful cafe. Yay. Anyone else? Anything else before we sign out and say goodnight? Toodle, and toodle-doo. Toodle-doo? Toodle-doo? Toodle-doo. Wait. So long. Farewell. Farewell. I'll be and goodbye. <laughs> And that was the musical section. All right, thank you very much. And we all knew that song. That is great. Bravo, Ryan.